Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases through the lens of a trained investigator and former prosecutor turned judge. If you are sensitive to expletives, anatomical descriptions, and accurate descriptions of crime scenes, this podcast may not be suitable for you. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. I'm Megan. We're going to shake our gree-gree. I have the bones. I have the sack this time. And I also... Sharing is caring. Yes. I also have part two for us today. Good, because I wasn't ready to stop, as you heard of part one. You even warned me it was two-party, but at, by the time we got to it, I was like, wait, what? No. Wait, right. Don't stop. No, I yes. want to know. And all we did was refresh our non-alcoholic beverage, and then, um, you know, carried on for the second part. We're back to it. Yes. Okay. All right. So... Who's the person? Who's the person? We are on, we're in 1989. Yes. I ended with telling you that the investigators didn't have a whole lot of leads until they found, they find another victim, someone else that they can interview. A victim that they can interview means they're alive. Yes. So let me first tell you that by October 1989, with the few leads that they had, the, um, Law enforcement, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, which was not their actual title. Okay, but I'm that like, is like what the I just called Florida them. traffic or highway yeah. patrol, the state police. The okay, no, the um one of the detectives on the case, Jim Capel, he got an idea, and his idea was that um he was going to the police department always put out like a monthly bulletin. Okay. Um, and when they did this, so this is how the, the police departments would, I don't know, share information. Yeah. It's 1989. Right. Yeah. So they put out this bulletin and the detective on the Rogers case, Jim Capel sees something that catches his eye. He sees that back in May in, uh, Madeira beach is, is that how I say that? Madeira. Okay. Beach. A similar incident to that of the Rogers family had occurred. It involved a 24 year old Canadian tourist, Judy Blair. She was on vacation in Florida with her friend, Barbara Motram. Okay. A man they had just met invited the two of them for a boat ride in Tampa Bay to watch the sunset. Judy took him up on his offer while Barbara refused. While out on the boat, the man sexually assaulted Judy, but let her go. Was it a blue and white boat? It sure was. And this incident occurred on May 15th, 1989. The murder of the Rogers women happened June 1st. Mm -hmm. So just two weeks before. Two weeks before. Did she report it? She did. And that's why it was in the police bulletin that was shared. Mm-hmm. And that's why he decided that his next victims, when he did this, he wasn't going to let go. I agree. I agree. No, I am not throwing any shade at that CSC victim. No. Thank God no. she reported right. it. Yes. Yep. 
the man's boat was described as being blue and white. And by the time this bulletin comes through um, to this detective, he realizes the man is still at large. Yep. So Jim, along with another detective, go to Canada to interview Judy Blair because they were vacationing from Canada. So Judy tells them the whole story that, you know, she and her friend had met the man. He introduced himself as Dave Posner or Posno. She couldn't be exactly sure of the last name. But they met in a parking lot of the 7-Eleven that was by the pier on the evening of May 14th. She described him as being in his mid-30s, about 5'10", 180 pounds, with sandy blonde hair. He said that he owned an aluminum company and lived in um, Bradenton, Florida. She said the man was friendly. He was easy to talk to. He invited the two women to join him for a boat ride the following afternoon. Judy agreed, but Barbara Barbara declined. The boat ride was short but pleasant. Um, They had an easy conversation he asked her um, if she and Barbara would like to join him for an evening cruise that evening. Judy said, yeah, but Barbara once again was like, no. No, thank you. No, thank you. I don't so, like that. But in their friends, mm-hmm. I, I don't nowadays. I mean, this is 89, but I, I wouldn't let my friend go alone. I don't love the separating. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So Judy goes out on the boat that evening. She's taking pictures. Um And while she was taking those pictures, you know, of the sunset, the man is in them. Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So from the pictures, they could also see, too, that they're pretty far out from the bay by the time the sun had set. And it's then that the man's behavior towards Judy changed. He became aggressive. He began touching her inappropriately, telling her that he wanted to have sex. And Judy kept refusing. Um, so terrified, she began screaming and crying, and he told her to shut up, and that if she didn't, he would duct tape her mouth shut. Oh, that sounds familiar. Sure does. If you'd recall from part one, all three of the Rogers female victims, victims um, had, and that's their last name, it's Michelle, Joe, and Christy Rogers, um, they all had their face, their mouths duct taped. And he also threatened Judy that he would kill her if she did not comply. So then he pinned her down. Um, ripped her top off, ripped the rest of her clothing off, and sexually assaulted her. When he was done, he gave her a thermos of water and demanded that she rinse herself off with her, with it. Then told her that she's got to get dressed. He took the film from her camera, threw it overboard. Okay. Mm-hmm. As though things were just completely normal and that he had not done anything wrong, they drive back to shore and he is just striking up a conversation with her, acting like nothing is. Is her friend waiting for her there? Um, I don't know. Okay. I don't think so. Probably not. But so, but then he just starts talking to her like everything was fine. It didn't yes. just happen. And Judy, of course, is in shock. Is terrified. Has no idea why he's now just returned to normal and act completely acts completely normal. When they're back at the shore, um, the man threw up over the side of the boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So this made her believe that this is possibly like the first time and that he was really overcome with like emotion to the point where it gave him a physical reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the police detectives wondered that too. Um, once they're close enough, he ordered Judy off the boat, telling her that she could swim the rest of the way. She could not 
get out fast enough, of course, but, and she did go to the um, hospital after this incident, but between him giving her that thermos of water and making her wash herself off. He made her clean her genitals to try to get the semen. And he did. might have been there, yeah. Correct. And then she had to jump in the water to swim to shore for the same exact reason, to, you know, just to solidify that anything would be washed away. Um, With, so Judy did go to the police and she did um, report all of that. But when Detective uh, Capel went to Canada to interview her about all this, he helped um, Judy work with like a composite sketch artist yes. and come up with a sketch for her. Um, so at this point in time, Detective Capel thinks I, these are these are the same. This is the same person, the same perpetrator, right? Um he does a quick sh- search, realizes there's no Dave Posner or Posner, anything like that, that lives in Bradenton and owned an aluminum company. Um, or a blue and white boat. Uh, right, right. I'm assuming they, were regist- they registered boats mm-hmm. then. Yep. At this point in time, they put that composite sketch everywhere. It's on flyers. It's in police stations. It's newspaper, media, all of that stuff. And as a result of the sketch, a bunch of tips come in and the detectives struggle to keep up. All right. So with all of this, and and of course, as we see often, the tips kind of tie up resources that lead to a bunch of dead ends. And investigators are getting discouraged, but they go back over their uh, evidence and they do something that's super unique. A handwriting, remember how... Yeah, they um, took a handwriting sample. Yes, they have a handwriting sample from what they really believe is the perpetrator on this Clearwater Beach brochure. And according to the forensic document document examiner, this handwriting is extremely unique because she'd actually never seen it before. The letter T was capitalized in the middle of every one of the words, and the letter Y was written differently each time. Interesting. So very unique, very okay. specific, okay? Um, so they decide, let's put this handwriting sample up on a billboard. And so they oh, do. Oh, interesting. Yes. I, because I would have waited until we had suspects and then had them write a sentence when they came in or sure. sign their you know name and then compare it. But that's but it's been but it's so unique. That's yeah. brilliant. It's been months and they have no su- suspects. Su- suspects at all. So they're like, how do we draw people in? Okay. Get more, you know. So um the billboard, Megan, has the sample, a it's picture a of this huge billboard. It's a huge ass billboard. And it says, who wrote these directions, you may know who killed the Rogers family. $25,000 reward. Hells yes. Right? And obviously, the billboards are eye-catching and just really unique. But you know somewhere, some server or gas station attendant, somebody who is this person signed a receipt is like, hey, that's weird. I would, you would remember if someone capitalized a T in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. not the Y written differently because you wouldn't know, but that T is going to draw yeah. my attention. Absolutely. Now, this does give them hundreds of tips. Yes. These billboards are gonna, right? It does. They come up with nothing at oh. this point in time. Okay. 
But like, we're coming back to it. Don't set don't me worry. up like that. Don't worry. We will come back to it. But I want to tell you what Oba Chandler is doing in the meantime. Painting because, his boat? Well, no, he actually never does that. And well, I, that what a dummy. Me. Yeah, yeah. He does figure, however, you know, with his composite sketch everywhere, his um, handwriting now well, walking everywhere. Walking around looking at mm-hmm. your face on bulletins yep. and your handwriting on a billboard. He starts writing in, was he writing in cursive on that? He's like going to try right. to change, right? Well. You can't, by the way. They can still figure it out. He figures that it's time for him and his wife. Oh, girl. Mm-hmm. To leave Florida. Honey, it's time to move. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't noticed his sketch or his handwriting? You know, he was perpetrating not anywhere near his his living residence. Okay. But did he live in Bradenton? I don't know. No. Okay. Um, I think I get to it. Well, at this point in time, listen, they jump around. Oh. So because the sketch is released first before the billboard. So we've got some jumping around. Okay. Let me let me tell you. Um Oba is trying to get out of Florida, and his wife insists that she and their daughter, Whitney, go with him. All right? So they're like, okay. They decide, I guess, very quickly that they're just going to go live in California. I don't know how people just up and move like that. But they they did. They leave. I'm envious. It sounds fun. Well, they left very quickly, but they also left a majority of their things in their home in Tampa. Like, well, almost like they sold it. Yeah. Um. So they get there. It's not long before this does not last, and they end up back in Florida. Um, he needed a job really fast, so he actually became an informant for the U.S. Customs and Tampa Bay Police Department from May to September 1991. Holy shit. I know. So these He was on the run. From himself, working for the but the police government. didn't know that, and came back to Tampa. Yeah, came back to Tampa and starts working for customs, being an a rat, an informant. And this has been two years since the murder. This is now from May 89? to September, nineteen ninety one. Yes. Okay. Yep. So he was actually really good at his job at being a snitch, but we do know that he had moved all the way around from Tampa to Port Port Orange to. By Daytona Beach, like he bounced all over Just the place. All over in okay. Florida, yeah. Yep. Well, then one day, detectives get a phone call from a Tampa Bay woman named Joe Ann Steffi. She informed them that she recognized the handwriting of that as as that of an aluminum contractor she had previously hired. Now remember, he that was part of his lure. He said he owned an aluminum business yes she said his name is oba chandler she told them and that she and she also said i have a receipt for the job that he had done for me and i think it matches that billboard the handwriting on the billboard god bless you woman yes so they realize there is no doubt about it according to the forensic document examiner they were written by the same uh, individual as it turned out, Oba Chandler had lived just a mile from the boat launch where the Rogers car had been found, but he had moved at the same time that the police had put up the bil- the um, handwriting billboards in the area. Figures. Yes. 
So police reported that Chandler and his then-wife moved from their home on Dalton Ave in Tampa to Port Orange near Daytona Beach, and then they went to California, and then they came back. So he was off the radar, you know. So let me tell you about Oba Chandler, because okay. I haven't really told no, you, you anything about it. I mean, you told me all time. I probably need to know about the shit bag, Correct. but right. still. Well, let me give you some more context here. Oba Chandler was the fourth of five children born to his father, Oba Chandler Sr. Yeah. Well, it seemed like it might be a family, a family name. name. Definitely. His mom's name was Margaret Johnson. He was born October 11th, 1946, and he was raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. He's from Ohio? Yes, which is why they think once he saw Joe's Ohio license plate, that he used it as a conversation starter. Hey, mm-hmm. I'm from Ohio, too. How are you ladies doing? Yes. And they trusted that nice Midwest Ohio man. Yep. Yep. Now, oh, it makes more sense why she would do that. Mm-hmm. I know. As a child, he was called Obi, just in case anybody gave a shit. I was going to say, that, and that preceded Star Wars, so it wasn't a little yeah. Obi-Wan action. It wasn't. Because that was 77, so. Yeah. Okay. No, he was a difficult child. He didn't uh, like to apply himself. He failed the fourth grade for truancy issues. Um, Well, I blame his parents for that. Well, here's the thing. He was defiant, and I am sure life was not easy raising five kids in the 50s. (laughs) So they're like, I don't fucking care if you go to school. Just leave me alone and don't murder any more chipmunks. Well, and there's more going on here, too, because tragically, when Obi was 10 years old, this would have been May 1957. Which is right around fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, his father hanged himself in the basement of the family's apartment. Okay. Yep. And one of his older sister was actually the one that to discover him. So okay. that's that's devastating. Major right? early trauma. Absolutely. Loss. Um, but then to make matters even worse, because I just found this interesting how we had this, you know, in the first part with... Hal Rogers' mother not believing her granddaughter about the sexual abuse, right, and all of that. Oba Sr.'s family refused to believe that he killed himself and believed that Margaret had killed him instead. They thought his mom killed yes. his dad. Yes, yep. Obi, so Obi is here, 10 years old, dealing with the trauma of losing his father like that, but then now losing the whole other side of his family because they're not going to talk to his mom because they're blaming his mom for her death. As a result, Margaret did not attend her husband's funeral. Wow. Yeah, which took place, and I'm mentioning this because I find the date interesting. The funeral took place on June 4th, June 1st, 1957. Was that when their vacation started or was that the day they came out missing? That was the day that they were killed, June 1st. Okay. And it was May when his body was found. And I just, I just kind of found that very ironic. Yeah. Cause the first sexual assault was May mm-hmm. and then the sexual assaults and murders were mm-hmm. on that same day in June. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's yeah. an interesting theory. Con- yes. Connection there. Well, no one, no one had brain. mentioned that. It just like, it, it stood out to me of like, wow, I wonder if we've got some residual grief. And, that, and was you he know, even aware that those maybe not consciously or maybe yeah. maybe not consciously or but certainly unconsciously fucking sociopath and and it was yeah so we went out to celebrate 
Yeah, you know we know we've got we know we know we know. We know, we know. We I, I feel like we're gonna break in a song. I oh, it did fly off the tongue rather. I don't know smoothly. what song it'd be, but me neither. I could make one up. Well, that was me. what I was thinking. Was this was an improv, an evening of improv with Sharnell and Megan? <laughs> there was a lot of trauma, lots of drama, and um, then we make it even worse because Margaret blamed Obi for her husband's suicide because of the truancy because he was such a delinquent for 1950s he was a delinquent child and we didn't know things about hurting our children's brains then so for if she was upset she might have said you were such a naughty kid your dad killed himself a hundred i can hear her that is that's a hundred percent what she she blamed his behavior issues on why obi checked out oh yeah so awful what that does to a kid and they just didn't they just didn't know no no, I know. I mean, they I know, know. you have to know that's cruel, but they didn't know that I long. would think as a human, you've got to know that that's not if okay I say somewhere. That, if I tell someone it's their fault about something, I'm intending it to not feel good. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. want you to feel good about the thing I'm accusing you of. Yeah. When, Chan- when Obi was 14, this is when he started with his criminal activity. But his crimes were like stealing cars, um, you know, thieving, that kind of thing. He had been arrested 20 times as a juvenile. Yeah. I've seen more, but most or less. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they were counting status offenses like uh, truancy and incorrigibility as crimes. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's a Not good point. Not that it necessarily matters, irrespective. 20 as a juvenile. 20 as a juvenile. And... I'm sure the juvie system of the 1960s wasn't top notch, but to no to no avail, it did not reform Obi Chandler. No, and he wasn't committing serious enough offenses to be to be thrown mm-hmm. in detention or receive. I bet he didn't even get any type of 1970s therapy or counseling either. It was really just you're a brat, you're naughty, you're on probation. Mm-hmm. We'll put you in lockup if you're bad again, and and that was it. As an adult, his charges ranged from ranged ranged from um. He had counterfeit money. He had uh, loitering. He had burglary. He did have a kidnapping charge, but I could not figure out the specifics of that. And then I wondered, was that the girls? Did, were those charges added uh, added after the fact for Michelle and Christy? But I couldn't. I couldn't find specifics on that. Well, technically, he kidnapped mom too. He did. He does. He did. Yeah. So and I don't, you don't. So you didn't know whether that no. conviction preceded. No, I'm not or sure whether it was a charge after. No, I just found an article that told me all of his um, variety of crimes. You know, as an adult, he also had armed robbery in there. I bet it was with with the armed robbery because if oh, he took a person that makes sense. held onto them or or detained them, yep. false imprisonment we might call it, but it may fall under their kidnapping. Right. And in some states, there's different levels of kidnapping. Hell, we have custodial interference here in Michigan, which is technically a kidnapping yes. charge. It's just a two-year high court misdemeanor instead of a life offense for kidnapping. Right. All right. different types of yeah, kidnapping. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I bet you're right. I bet it was in the same... Um, yeah, detaining somebody. Mm-hmm. Maybe you took a hostage. Who knows? But it just makes sense. We did see some sexual deviance because as an adult, he was accused of masturbating while peeping through a woman's window. That's called a peeping Tom. Uh-huh. Obscene conduct. Aggravated ob- uh, ind- indecent exposure. Yeah. Um, he was an accomplice to breaking into a couple's home in Florida, held them at gunpoint, and robbed them. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. he's doing these. That same was things. he was just an uh, um, an accomplice. 
So he's doesn't matter. He's doing this with another person, but it raises an interesting point. What was, the there, was there another person always? Um, none of the no reports would indicate that to me. No, Unless but we there know his, his previous his previous history. He was an accomplice too. He had another person with him. Well, is there somebody else out doing this? Was there somebody else waiting for him? I think that based off the evidence I have, that's a, that's a t- too big of a leap uh, for this particular crime. And it doesn't surprise me that even though we had accomplices to begin with, Charnel, that this would be something he would do alone because this is just such a different type of crime well, that he's committing. We do know with the victims that survived, it was just him. So it didn't, right. you know, it, but there's they been, never reported it. there's been speculation of how did he get three women? You know, did he use poison to, to subdue them a little or subdue them a little bit? You know, how could he have gotten all three of them the way that he did? Right. I, and so there's just always been that speculation of was there another person? Maybe. But if we're going to speculate, I'm going to speculate based off of my training experience that it's far more likely that he grabbed a hold of one of the girls, possibly the youngest one, and um, made mom and maybe the older teenager be compliant. Yes. Because he was. To threaten the, you know. Correct. Exactly. Like you will save if you do not behave, then I'm going to kill her. Right. right. Yeah. That, right. Exactly. Those Got were my all, thoughts too. I chained him up, put him in the cinder blocks and said, okay, now everybody, yes. as long as you behave, everything's going to be fine. Then he took turns raping him and threw him overboard. Yes. Yes. No, I, I agree with you. I just wanted to give all the information. You that are. There is a lot of speculation no, you are, that you there might think be another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so he also had an accomplice in this one situation where he breaks in, he tied the man of the house up with a speaker wire, took the woman into the bedroom, made her strip into her underwear, tied her up, and just rubbed the barrel of his revolver across her stomach. This is before we've escalated to... He's working his way he is. up. He is. Mm-hmm. And he's not having a problem doing like hostage situation type things, kidnapping, no. even though they're right. within their own home. And what, um, I guess I didn't think about that too. Kidnapping is, it, it still applies in their own home. You can find a lot of ways to make it apply. Okay. Depending. Okay. Well, then I wasted all my time looking for separate incidences because I think these are probably the incidences they were t- referring to. But I like this. <laughs> I want to hear about them. Oh, you yeah. You didn't waste def- your time at all. No, I meant I wasted my time searching for other oh, ones for besides these. The, I think yes. you have found I the think so, too, and I just you, didn't know it. I, I tack on a charge with that when I was prosecutor. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, hundred percent. I, d- I, I do, tack on a kidnapping. I do think that's CSC what type stuff, especially because you might have like a CSC. I'm throw out my secrets out there, but you might have a sexual assault that's like a criminal sexual uh, conduct second degree or something. But because um, he held that person forcibly and moved them into a room or a back room or a freezer or a locker or something like that against their will, mm-hmm. I'd ha- I'd tack on a kidnapping okay. charge to that just because of the movement of the person. Yeah. Or inability for them to leave against their will. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You okay. Yeah. So here, and here, I could be a hundred percent wrong, and he actually kidnapped somebody. Well, that's but the thing. That's what I was looking for. I was looking for the report of like, oh, he was on, you know, grab someone from the side of the road and like stereotypically. But you got it. I think you're right. It was these incidences that I'm telling you about. So super escalating. And this time, did he assault her? 
No. He just rubbed his, the He did. Gun, I mean, assaulted her. her in terms of made her strip naked, tied her up, and then rubbed the barrel of the revolver which is, across her stomach, which is terrible. Obviously an assault, but he right. didn't beat her. No. And then there was no escalation to rape at that point. Okay. But what was obvious from the victims is that he clearly gained gratification off from their fear. Okay. okay. So we do, you know, have that. Um, despite all of this that I've just told you, though, y'all, he had no problem pulling in the ladies. I mean, he is got thick blonde curls, chiseled jawline, all of that, and is charming in personality. So he has always got a woman on uh, by his side, um, even in times of like him getting arrested and having these short sentences being thrown at him. He, and he would jump from relationship to relationship because it wouldn't take the women long to figure out that he's all looks and no love, right? right? But still, he he never was without a partner. Um, he first became a father at the age of 16 when he began dating a girl named Martha Lou Glass. She was just 14 at the time. They didn't marry, but they did end up having two daughters together. Okay. Crystal Sue, born in 1963, and Valerie Lynn, born in 1964. So Martha would have been 14, 15 at the time of her second child's birth. I mean, first 14 at her first child's birth and 15 at her second child's birth because it was just a year later. Oh, people. Yeah. Watch, um, your, watch your 14-year-old daughters. In December 1965, Obi left Cincinnati for Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, where he served in the U.S. Marines for just over a year. When he returned to Cincinnati, he continued his relationship with Martha, but began seeing other women at the same time. And another woman, not, not with Martha's consent, by the way. Oh, I wouldn't think. <laughs> I, yeah. But... As he's doing this, he impregnates another woman and has his son, Jeffrey Scott. Is that this, the woman he was with that they moved? No. This is somebody no, else. This is somebody else. Yep. So in 1969, Oba leaves Martha for good and married a woman named Jennifer Jones. She was a Playboy bunny at the Cincinnati Playboy Club. Oh. I'm telling you, he was a good looking guy. Okay. Like he, he got some tail. So. They were together for a few years before Oba moved to St. Paul, Minnesota and married another woman with whom he fathered another son named Skipper. Skipper? Skipper. Yes. He's really getting into boating, huh? We're just going to leave that one right there. Now, we don't really know what happened in terms of romantic life after this. Um, it, the, the details are fuzzy, but we do know that he fathered two more children. My God. Yes. Toby... And Stephen, after Skipper was born. There were probably more. We just don't know about all of them. Yeah, um, I think, no. How many? So there's three boys and two girls? Yeah. Well, you had the two kids. Oh, sorry. There's four boys. We forgot about Jeffrey Scott. He's got six kids. Probably more. All right. So I'm going to take you to the late 1980s. He's 41 years old, not being held accountable to have to pay child support because it's the 1980s. All right. (laughs) So he's looking like Don Johnson. He's wandering yeah. around Florida thinking he's the shit. Mm-hmm. And at 41 years old, he cannot help himself. And he has to ask another willing damsel in distress, Barbara Levy, to marry him. Okay. Barbara lives, lives in Tampa. And that's how he ends up in Tampa. Okay. Yes. 
He has a compulsive need to have multiple women at the same time. So while he was engaged to Barbara, he was also seeing another woman, Deborah Whiteman. Now, Deborah was actually said to be prettier than Barbara. She was younger, all of those things. His biggest thing, though, is that she didn't ask prying questions about his past or what he's up to when she's not around. So he found that in his experience with women, there's nothing worse than a woman who will not mind her own damn business. Oh, I don't like this Uh, guy. And don't you hate it when a woman speaks her mind and won't shut up? Welcome to Crime Curious, everybody, (laughs) where the broads talk and ask invasive questions. Like, where were you at 2 a.m.? I have never in my life complied with the request to be quiet. Never once. No, and I won't. No, no. Yep. And Taco Bell closes at 1, so I want to know why you were not home at 1.05. You got it. All right. Yeah. So... Obi lied to Deborah. There was a train. <laughs> That's true. We do have a track in a town. A train track. <laughs> Obi lied to Deborah with ease because if you've not figured it out by now, guys, Obi is a shithead. So when Obi a shitbag, sociopathic, kidnapping, B and E murderer, and rapist. Oh, yeah. and any any jerks off outside windows. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's right, and a cockholder. <laughs> so, oh wait, so am I. <laughs> Yours is legal. It is. And consensual. Exactly. And probably not as frequent as my husband would wish. Always. That is always the (laughs) truth. Unrealistic demands. Unrealistic. Just can you leave it in your hand? My hand. Your hand all the time. I just want it to be in your hand. Like, I'll use the left. You can use your right for other things. Like it's a change purse. (laughs) For sure. Oh, love him to death. We derailed. We did, but significantly. We have to add humor in somewhere. I have guy making fun of this guy. Mm -hmm. He's awful. Mm hmm. Awful. I know, I know. Uh, and so, of course, Deborah knew nothing about Barbara. Barbara knew nothing about Deborah, and this went on for a while. What's worse is that Barbara was under the impression that Obi lived with his mother in a mobile home. He what? didn't. He was living with Deborah when he said he was living with his mother. Yes. Uh, now, she also did not realize that um, Deborah, that is didn't know that how many times he'd been married before, how many children he'd had, or that he also was still married. Okay, so... Well, yeah, he's going to leave all that shit out. It's hard to get new tail if they know that. Yes. The other thing, too, you know, Deborah, she's been married twice herself before, so she knew also that Obi had been uh, to prison. He was told it was... Excuse me. She. She was told that he had been dealing drugs. Okay. She... Obi assured her that this was all in the past, and so she accepted this, okay? How many cases start off like that? Well, May 14th, 1988, Obi and Deborah Whiteman marry. Okay? Another May date. Because he had divorced Debbie at this, um, excuse me, Barbara at this point in time. I know it's very hard to keep everybody straight, but he married Barbara was with Debbie. Debbie's the prettier one. Debbie's the, the prettier one. Shut up. So he divorces Barbara, goes to Debbie. Debbie has no idea what this man has been up to this whole entire time. Did not know that when they met, he was married to Barbara. Okay. And that he went through a divorce. She just thought that he lived in a trailer with his mother. No, he lived in a trailer with his wife. Oh my God, this poor lady. Yes. And then... Right after, a, a year later, after they marry, Deborah gives birth to their daughter, Whitney. 
Okay. So remember, I believe I said in part one that when he wanted to skip town, when his face started showing up all over and his handwriting was on that billboard and he wanted to leave, Deborah insisted on going with him and taking their daughter, Whitney. Okay. Now you know how we've come to all of that. And that brings us full circle. Full circle. Yep. So he he did start his own aluminum business, by the way, named Custom Screens. Okay. So that was true. That was it true. wasn't just a line. Yep. But um he didn't but he lived in Tampa, not Bradenville. Or yeah. Bradenton. Bradenton. <laughs> I added a bill in there. We're from we have the bill. <laughs> oh God. So um they bought a house in Tampa and then because life is going well for him. His aluminum business is doing well. He buys this house and he has a boat. He well, that's when he buys himself a boat. Okay. Nineteen eighty eight. He's gotta fit in the Florida culture. I'm sorry. He bought the boat in 1989. Okay. My apologies. After Whitney was born. Yeah. So he buys himself a blue and white 21-foot Bayliner boat. So uh, considering his extensive criminal and marital history, life's going pretty good for him. But he immediately uses it to commit commit crimes. Instead of just singing the song, I'm on a boat, obnoxiously all, you know, throughout the bay. Boats boats and and hoes. He has to take it to a dark place. And being in Tampa, tourists are everywhere. So now now we've really fun, come full circle. When detectives went to question him about the murders yes. of Michelle and Joe and Christy Rogers, he denies any involvement. Oh, yeah. Most people don't in say In their he, murders. Yep. Like, the, you got me. Right. It was me. He's like, oh, they're like, oh, that that's interesting because as a police officers were able to track down phone records of calls that are made from boats on the water to the shore. <gasps> he had a phone on his boat? He did. Like a fancy bag of well, phone probably. Well, they're, you know, they got to be able to contact the Coast Guard and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay, radio uh-huh. traffic, gotcha. Yeah. So they know that Obi had called his wife from his boat right after the rape of Judy Blair and right after the Rogers murders. So we know, sir, that you were on your boat at the time that these things happened. Okay. So when questioned about this, he made up excuses that he was having engine trouble, and that was his reason for why he was going to be home late. That's what he told his wife both times. So the calls confirm not only that he's on his boat the time of both the rape and the murders, but also his boat has no engine problems he even at one point says that he um radioed the coast guard there's no record of that no yeah plus you want to immediately call his wife in too and say hey when he called you yep. from his boat and what, said he'd be what late, was the excuse did he say because yep. if there was engine trouble or you were trapped you'd be like yeah the engine's acting up you'd mm-hmm. be explaining yep. come on and so well any of you who've no. ever been married or with a significant other that man's going to tell you everything that's wrong with that boat he's operating well and that's the thing megan he told his wife that was his excuse oh, for he, why he was going to be late. So he did say was there that was engine. He had engine trouble, okay, and well, this becomes a, a no. It becomes an important piece during the trial. 
But because he, he's lied about it, obviously. Absolutely. There's, There's no, no engine, engine trouble. trouble. Yep. But I'm going to give you the engine trouble that you're spe- speaking of. You're like, now, uh, you said a man will tell you they all will. the engine trouble that their boat is having. Yes. Well, he does. He tells the detectives and it buries him. So you just hold on to that nugget for a minute, girlfriend. I'll put it right in my pocket. I don't yeah. have a pocket. I'll shove it down my Sh- shirt. I was just say, you got a bra. You're good. On <laughs> September 24th, 1992, Oba Chandler was arrested and taken into custody. To further build their case against him, detectives flew Judy Blair down from Canada. They showed her a series of men's headshots, asking her if she recognized any of them as the man who raped her. Right away, she identified Oba Chandler. To be sure, they showed her a lineup of six men that they also had in custody, and it was without hesitation that she pointed to Chandler. The next step was to examine his boat for evidence. When they asked um, him to be able to, like, you know, where is it, all that stuff, he's like, oh, I sold it. Of course you did. Mm -hmm. This only implicated him further, of course, because he absolutely had gotten rid of it in an attempt to conceal any evidence of the rape or killings. So to get more, they had this handwriting, right, from the brochure. The brochure was tested for fingerprints, that Clearwater Beach brochure. Thank you. And it had those of Joan Rogers, who we've been calling Joe, Mm -hmm. as we would expect, yep. But also there was more in the form of a well-defined palm print that did not belong to any of the Rogers family. And detectives compared it with Oba Chandler's palm prints, and it was a match. So Perfect. His, yes. You you just kept me a nice surprise. I did. Because that was my first thought in the first episode was, too bad there wasn't any. There mm-hmm. was. There, oh, but there was. Oh, you actually said fingerprints. There was. It's I a did. palm print. Oh, huh. less potato, I potato. know, I know. I was being a little shit. Mm-hmm. So Oba's trial began the summer of 1994. In his testimony, he said that he had met the Rogers women as they sat in their car, examining a map of the area. He acknowledged that he gave them directions to the Days Inn, but said he did not see them again after that, other than on the news and the billboards. How sad. He acknowledged that, yes, he had been out on his boat the night of the murders, but insisted that he was alone. Engine trouble, he said. That had been the reason for his calls to shore. Now, he assumed it was a gas leak, and he called the Coast Guard and the Marine Patrol, but they were too busy to help. No, you didn't call, sir. No, and they'd have those records. There is no record, which the prosecution points out, Maybe he yelled really loud. Maybe. Coast Guard! But nope, here's no one, nope, came. no one came because they're too busy to help. In the end, though, not to worry. He got back to shore because, Megan, he was able to repair his engine with duct tape and head back to shore. Oh, how convenient. Hmm. So, and oh. by any chance, did he have any extra cinder blocks on his <laughs> boat? <laughs> the cinder blocks actually never come up. But what the prosecution does is first with Judy Blair's testimony, points out the similarities between what happened to her and what happened to the Rogers family, okay? The fact that they're tourists, you know, that he's luring them out in the boat for the sunset. But also, he, they have someone testify as to his supposed engine trouble. Okay. That he supposedly fixed with duct tape. 
Because, well, first of all, the mention of duct tape is a little triggering when you consider that duct tape was used in the murders. To cover their mouths. But also... But a common item. The Yes, a common item, exactly. The type of engine that this boat had, they had an expert testify that should it have had a gas leak, the gas would have not trickled down the way that um, Oba was describing it is just kind of like trickling down a tube or like a the line, the gas line. In this particular type of boat where it was located and whatnot, it would have sprayed outward, okay? And to cover it with duct tape and, and have the duct tape, this, t- this expert testified that the gasoline would have eroded the duct tape right. and it would not have been a fix able enough to get him not only to shore, but then to also continue to reuse the boat. Yeah. And there's no record of him getting the boat repaired. None. No. You know, I want to bring up why I brought those the cinder blocks up again, because you said they don't really come up again. No. As a prosecutor, formerly, I would have harped like crazy on those, because what it shows to me is premeditation. You're mm-hmm. using the prior assaults on Judy where he clearly didn't have any of those implements with him because he wasn't intending to kill her. I think he was just intending to rape her. But then it, then it got away from him. He felt sick. He was letting her go. He even vomits. He's worried. Yep. He intentionally had three 30-pound blocks with enough rope to attach to them. After and to meeting her those girls. After mm-hmm. they met those girls. Yep. Knowing that they were probably going to show up to the dock that night or to the... Um, what I looked for and couldn't find was how much cinder block would he use for his aluminum business? I would have tried to point out like his ease of access to it. Sure. You know, the concrete blocks, how much yeah. is used in the, you know, the, not knowing the details of what his, his um, aluminum b- business really was. I just wondered if that gave him ease of access to it. And if but it that wasn't didn't come up. Uh, right. Uh, or maybe it did, and we just don't know the whole investigation. Correct. And if yeah. there wasn't cinder blocks there, where would one go and find locally a 30-pound cinder block? And is there a guy that came in and got three of them? Right. Yep, exactly. That's really what I thought was going to come up in the evidence yeah. if it wasn't about his job, like him locating it, but no. Um, so the prosecution also really did a great job of pointing out the specifics of Listen, Oba fled the area right when these composite sketches are made of him. Of course, they do admit the composite sketch as well. That is very similar to his his liking, of course. Um, And so sometime in late 1989, around the time of that composite sketch, with the help of Judy Blair, you know, circling in Tampa and whatnot, Chandler or Oba Chandler actually went to Ohio, which remember was where he was from originally. He didn't tell anyone where he was going, not even Deborah, his wife. But while he was in Ohio, he paid a surprise visit to one of his many children that I mentioned earlier, Crystal Sue Mays. One of his older ones. One of his older ones. That was one that was born in the 60s. It was his second daughter. When he was 16. Oh, when he was. Yeah, 17, 18. Yep. Crystal would testify during her father's trial that he had admitted to her and her husband, Rick Mays, that he had raped a woman in Tampa and murdered three others. He admitted that? To when he, uh, yes, in 1989 when he came and visited his daughters. And they didn't his daughter. And they didn't report it. Mm-mm. No. But the reason for that is that she was terrified of her father. I believe And that, that. was the what, what she testified to. Mm-hmm. Now, another man, Roland's coop, not another man. His daughter is not a man. 
<laughs> I'm going to bring in another man, Roland Scooper. New character, Roland yes, Cooper. Yes, Roland Scooper was a co-worker of Oba, and he testified that, testified, it, testified that on June 1st, Chandler, Oba Chandler bragged to him that he had a date with three women that night. Oh. The next morning, he came to work looking noticeably tired and scruffy, and he told this guy that he had been out on his boat late into the night. Mm-hmm. That male bragging. Ah, they just can't help it. Every time. They just can't help it. On September 29th, 1994, a jury found Oba Chandler guilty of the murders of Joe, Michelle, and Christy Rogers. Each member of the jury voted for the death penalty. And on November 4th, the judge sentenced Oba Chandler to death. The entire time that Oba sat on Florida's death row, he maintained his innocence and made multiple appeals, none of which were granted. Just over 17 years after he received the death sentence, he was put to death by legal in lethal injection on November 17th, 2011, when he was 65 years old. Wow. Let me give you a little bit of inf- more information about the victims here, Joan, um, Michelle, and Christy. They were all buried in Wilshire, Ohio on June 13th, 1989 at the Zion Lutheran Cemetery. Um, there were over 300 people. At their the uh, whole damn town. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yes. Uh, ha- I wanted to give you an update on Hal. Good. He continued farming, but he switched from dairy cows to pigs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably for market reasons. Oh you God, know, actually, my parents did the same thing. Um, not dairy, we had steers, but still. Um, with his wife and his daughters gone, he threw himself into his farm. Um, and it was said that that really was what helped to like help him cope. But in 1998, he found love again in a woman named Jolene. Oh, another Joe. Another Joe. Um, she was from another local local farming family, and they two, uh, Jolene was also a widow, and so they got married. Yeah, we found some together. happiness. Yes, I really wanted to end on that oh, because I'm so glad Hal had really a tragic tragic areas in his life yeah, I mean, you know worried at the beginning that he was suicidal but right. you did say but he's not I he's mean not. you preface no so. but he had a, a really really hard life really so I'm so happy to know that he found love again and hopefully some sort of peace that his um, family's murderer is no longer with us so yeah that's the, the Rogers family mm-hmm. story you. And, and Obi-Wan over there deserved yep. to be unalived, according to Flo- the state of Florida. The state of Florida dis- decided that he can be unalived, and he has been. And he went down not nearly as good looking as he was in his younger years. Okay. I'll tell you that. All right. Yes. I had obviously never heard of this. I love when you bring me less known cases because their stories deserve there's to be not, told. I don't even know of, I don't know if there's coverage. I'm just, of it's this. just so Honestly, tragic. Honestly, you, you've, sure. you've broken my heart even more by the whole dive into just that trauma that resulted in these ladies finally being like, you know what? We're going to go on a vacation. Our first one ever. First time leaving the tri-state area. Yep. And I that's, know. that's the end result. I know. I know. It's the whole thing is just so ridiculously tragic. And as I'm getting ready to travel this summer, <laughs> right, one time alone. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I'm sorry. I will not be going out on anybody's boat. No, do not accept those invitations. I won't accept a boat do ride. Not. Okay. Are you ready for a brain bath? Please though? bathe me. 
I, I came across this post on social media and it, it tickled me. So I saved it to my phone because I thought, boy, this reminds me of the one review that we got once that was, um, it was a long time ago, but there was, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on it. I don't know. The only bad reviews I've seen recently are that we interrupt each other and I'm like, bitch, we're just talking together. Oh yeah. That's just our friendship. (laughs) That's just how we talk. Yeah. That's just our vibe. We are sorry that we might sometimes interrupt each other and that you, it bothers your ability to hear the story, but I don't think that happens often. And I know because I am a fan of our show and I listen (laughs) to our episodes (laughs) in the shower. (laughs) That's really funny. Well, and I think when it happens, it's because one of us is excitable and like vibing with the story. So Anyway, that that's right. I did see that one. We don't get them often. No. I mean, truly, we really, really don't. But there was this really funny one once that mentioned something that we had no control. I think it was the sound of, of someone's voice or something. I mean, we had zero control over it. Okay. And I was like, you're going to leave a review on that? Like, I literally, one of us, I don't even know who was referring to. I don't to. know if that was us. I remember you telling me that somebody had left a review on somebody else's criticizing the sound of their voice. And we said, why would you even, le- so just don't listen. Right. I do think it, I'd have to go back and look. But still, it I just speaks know. to the fact that it's ridiculous. Some of the things people are willing to leave reviews about so I had to show you or tell you all these are actual complaints received by um Thomas Cook Thomas Cook vacations from dissatisfied customers have you read these have I read them oh my gosh they're these are so funny you guys they are Karen if I heard somebody saying some of these things out loud I might feel inclined to say something publicly some people just walk by and mind their own business for the record I am not her yeah it's not me. I don't walk by. I'd be like, if they're harassing a staff, yeah. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. No. Yes. So these are actual complaints that this vacation company has heard. Number one, they should not allow topless sunbathing on the beach. It was very distracting for my husband who just wanted to relax. Oh, he was relaxed. Oh, no. He can't relax with a boner. He's got she's a raging like, heart on. She's like, baby, you look really uncomfortable right now. Yeah, he's like, he's can like, we go take care of this? Uh-huh. These women are so oh, rude and distracting with their so voluptuous distract- breasts. It's so distracting the way they bounce. <laughs> God. (laughs) All right. This next one. On my holiday to India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. Oh, I don't like spicy food. Yeah. Karen. Okay. Yeah. That's what they eat there. It sure is. We went on a holiday to Spain and had a problem with the taxi drivers as they were all Spanish. Nobody spoke English in Spain. You poor privileged asshole. All right. We booked an excursion to a water park, but no one told us that we had to bring our own swimsuits and towels. We assumed it would be included in the price. Honey, I don't want to wear someone else's swimsuit. You know what? I almost could say, yeah, I'm not sure if they provide towels. Do you have to rent them? Do you bring your own? Yeah. But swimsuits? No. First of all, like for you, they don't have them in your can size. No, I have to a special order Mm -hmm. and get a different size for the bottom. By the the way, I meant her breasts, not her butt. (laughs) I said cans. 
with an I, S. Yeah, I consider. Ca- oh, can. Uh, yeah, I didn't Kenza know if people versus can. She's giving yeah. me a 1950s Mad Men lingo. I was. She got nice cans. Yes. She means the upper half. Yes, yes. Sorry. Uh, just all of a sudden, I was like, ooh, that might not translate well with people. I was not saying you had a big ass. Um, uh, no, okay. That, first of all, it is zero offense to tell somebody they have a big ass now. That's yeah. actually a compliment. Yes, that is true. Really My teenage is. boys have made that very clear to me. Oh, yes. God. Teenage boys you don't are gross, and they apparently are. they all like ass And now. you can't take them to a restaurant. You just can't. <laughs> um, so the beach was too sandy. We had to clean everything when we returned to our room. I'm sorry. Take that up with Mother Nature. Good go to day. The, go to the pool. Yeah. You are a pool person. <laughs> we This one. We found the sand was not like the sand in the brochure. Your brochure shows the sand is white, but it was more yellow. Oh, God. Okay. Well, we're going to just let that one go. Um, this next one. We do switch out the sand color depending <laughs> on the time of year. Right, right. It's lazy of the local shopke- shopkeepers in Puerto... Um, I'm sorry. I was going to say Puerto Rico because I was like jumping ahead. That's not what it says. Puerto Vallarta. Close Puerto in the Puerto afternoons. Vallardo. No, Vallarta. Whatever. How do you say that? Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> First of all... <laughs> These I organic drinks <laughs> are getting to me. <laughs> oh, my God. This is funny. It's a siesta. It That's what is, they do. And they don't like it. I needed to buy things during siesta time. This should be banned. Oh, my God. It's yes, their culture. Banned their culture. You uncultured swine. No. Instead, you know what they do? They open early. They take an extended break. And then they stay open late. Mm-hmm. They stay open later. Mm-hmm. This one's terrible. No one told us there would be fish in the water. The children were scared. Well, you're raising pussies. (laughs) God. I am sorry. I can't. Again, you are pool people. Right. You guys, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Go be a pool, a vanilla, boring pool person. I'm going to go risk getting licked by a fish. They don't actually mostly have And you know that all of their sex is missionary. It is. All right. Missionary I'll pool sex. <laughs> They're not doing it in the pool. They're going to come out They're smelling like vanilla. chlorine. Right. Although the brochure said that there was a fully equipped ki- kitchen, there was no egg slicer in the drawers. Oh, God. Okay. There's not in mine either. I do it the hillbilly way with a knife. knife. I know you could. This, is, this could happen on a lot of the RBOs or Airbnbs. I they thought. do say that they have all the stuff, but you do expect a minimum of a toaster. Sure. Right, I would yeah. expect that. But not an equipped. egg slicer. No. Yeah. A pineapple core. Yeah. Well, oh, my God. Are you I don't me? have that either. I'm never coming back here again. I think it should be explained in the brochure that the local convenience store does not sell proper biscuits like custard creams or ginger nuts. They must be. Oh. Are they from across the pond? Uh, probably. The roads we don't have proper biscuits in the U.S., We do y'all. not, just I'm so sorry. you know. And to our uh, Aussies, because I think y'all eat biscuits, too. Yeah. A biscuit, for me, is a big fluffy thing. You break it in half and throw some honey on or some sausage gravy. I was <laughs> just going to say, sausage gravy. It's no cracker. It, it doesn't Mm-mm. crunch. Mm-mm. The roads were uneven and bumpy, so we could not read the local guidebook during the bus ride to the resort. Because of this, we were unaware of many things that would have made our holiday more fun. Read it beforehand. What in the hell? <laughs> I know. 
What kind of sociopath waits until they're on their trip to read their thing? I'm going to Belize next year. I've read three guidebooks and can tell you where every tourist attraction is in the entire country of Belize. Oh, my God. By location. I know. Region. Didn't we go to Belize together? No. No. no, that wasn't our. I've never cruise. been. I've never been to Bailey's. No. Oh, it's beautiful. We should cruise there. Oh, going there to the actual place. Oh, oh. But I will yeah. maybe cruise there eventually too. But we should. <sighs> okay. Oh, we're not done. We're not done. There's, There's a more few assholes. More. Yes. It took us nine hours to fly home from Jamaica to England. It took the Americans only three hours to get home. This seems unfair. What? <laughs> <laughs> Geography's a bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It is it is unfair. Do you know what else oh is unfair? They when they go on holiday there, they go for like a month. For sure. We, Americans don't do that. We if don't. you take more than ten days, your boss or the government or somebody yep. starts to be like, I'm sorry, your stress levels are not low enough. Mm-hmm. We must increase them. <laughs> We exactly. Don't. You're considered, I mean, you might as well be gone I, from your job. If you take more than 10 days over here, I took you don't take weeks. your job seriously. One time in my life, I have taken, adult life, yeah. I have taken a two-week vacation. Yeah, I never have. Once. You never have. Yeah, that that's a problem for us. We're the ones in the yeah, wrong. so that's not fair. We're the ones in the wrong. Not the actual space-time continuum. Exactly. Not your geography and the speed of which the jet travels to it, you dumbass. Okay. Don't worry. Our friends that are, are are British, they don't like her either. No, they don't. No, no, no one's sitting not. next to her no. at the party. Agreed. I compared the size of our one bedroom suite to our friend's three bedroom, and ours was significantly smaller. No shit. It has two less bedrooms. Do the math. Math is hard. One, uh. three, one, three. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I love when you cold read because you're <laughs> laughing at yourself. I forgot this one. I, I Maybe I didn't read all of these. I don't remember this. The brochure stated no hairdressers at the resort. We're trainee hair- hairdressers, and we think they knew and made us wait longer for services. Wow. We're trainee hairdressers, That's and a dumb we girl. think they knew and made us wait longer for service. She's, they're trying to say they don't offer that as a service. Correct. Not that we don't want hairdressers, hairdressers here, yes. and she is slow. Oh, hopefully you know she's what? pretty because she ain't she, getting anywhere else in life. I bet, I bet mm. she's pretty. Mm. All right. When we were in Spain, there were too many Spanish people there. The receptionist spoke Spanish. The food was Spanish. No one told us that there would be so many foreigners. You're the foreigner! Again. Are people really? I almost really want to hope they're dumb? joking, God, but there so. are people that entitled. Yes, for sure. Um, just a couple more. We had to line up outside to catch the boat, and there was no air conditioning outside. Yeah. Uh, once again, take it up with Mother Nature. This is not their problem. I have outside. filed a complaint with Mother Nature about the weather mm-hmm. on multiple occasions, and every time I have received a no response. Yep, me too. Yeah, it's like she doesn't even care about her customer service. No, she doesn't Ugh. care. Love her anyway, though. She grows the pretty flowers. All right. How about this one? It is your duty as a tour operator to advise us of no of nosy or unruly guests before we travel. How is the travel agency supposed to know who in the group is going to be noisy or unruly? Do they make you take a personality test before traveling? No. no. But I think... Ma'am, if we read your trip reviews from beforehand, we have assured you we have let every guest know who the person is. And if you didn't receive one, it's it's you. you. 
<laughs> You're the problem. Have you yeah. ever looked at a pet and it's so cute that you just want to ruin its sleep? Because your dog is so adorable. I have wanted to attack this dog <laughs> for like an hour because she's so cute. I just want to like molest her. She is just preciously laying there like the good little she, babies she they are. I got her. I didn't wake the dogs up. You never don't wake a sleeping dog. No, because no, then they'll bark and I'm I'll sorry. have to edit it never out. Never wake a sleeping baby and let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. Our two adages I shall live by. But I did want to wake that dog up well, by petting her. They they are they are super precious and when we're done recording you can pet them all you want and they love you so well they'll, let they, you. they'll tell me goodbye they when will. I get up they'll have to walk me they through will. the door so. yes well thank you all for hanging out with us for this two parter um we hope you liked it feel free to click the link in the show notes to join Patreon or go to patreon.com forward slash crime curious yeah, to support if the show you want to correct any of uh, Charnel's pronunciations yeah. or anything feel Feel free to PM her. Yeah, she loves it. I, that's my favorite thing about <laughs> podcasting. My favorite. Super fucking love it. Actually, send them, send them to me, and I promise you the response will be far better, but I don't want to lose any Patreons either. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. Sorry, that's guys. true. I'm a sarcastic I'm asshole. I'm a little more PR. Well, not in that one. That <laughs> one really triggered me. I did write a really inappropriate I response. Know, to, But I that know. just happened that one time. I'm human. Well, any any and all uh, uh, city names and pe- people, people <laughs> yes. names were done Sorry. to the best of our ability and knowledge. Sorry. And... Uh, truly, we recorded these two parters after a full day of work. It's the middle of the week. And we don't usually record in the middle of the week. And whatever these two non-alcoholic magical drinks <laughs> of calming are, <laughs> it worked, man. That it I, worked again. I can only imagine what is actually in these, but everything looks normal. It I've does. read no weird ingredients, and mm-hmm. I'm so gonna take nope, a drug test a, just to see if social tonic. Comes up. Social tonic, y'all. All right. Mm. Um, okay, until next time. Keep it curious. Keep listening. Bye bye. Bye. Bye.